introduce Aiden Candy from Turtleboy, and thank you for coming. So, uh, thanks, Chris, for inviting me. I really appreciate that. My name is Aiden Carney, and I'm the owner and publisher of Turtle Boy Daily News. Um, let me give you just a brief background if you're unfamiliar with it. I was a, um, a high school teacher for 11 years prior to doing this uh, full time. I taught at, at Worcester Alternative School for two years, which really kind of taught me a lot about the problems in our society and kind of where they come from. And the root of them, usually, from my experience, what I've learned over time is the nuclear family and the lack of it with a lot of people. The biggest problem in our country isn't guns or any of the other boogeymen that the left would like us to believe it is. The biggest problem in this country is a lack of parenting and a lack of love um, and a lack of family values. That is the root of all of our problems. And until we address that, we're never really, and I learned that from teaching. You know, I saw it with kids that would come in every day, uh, impoverished, didn't eat that morning, came home, their parents were on drugs, God knows what happened. I took that to heart. And I just realized like, until we address this problem and aren't afraid to call people out for what they're doing, those kids were messed up because their parents failed them. Not because society failed them or anyone else failed them. All of the tools were there to help them succeed. But they didn't take advantage of it because their parents didn't show them the way. My parents did, I was very lucky to have that. The, the greatest privilege that we can have isn't being white or anything like that. It's coming from a loving two-parent family. That is the biggest privilege that any American could have, and I learned that doing that. Then I started teaching at a school called Shepherd Hill for nine years. Uh, it's Dudley Charlton Regional High School. It's in Worcester County. I taught 11th grade history there. Uh, my reputation as a teacher was that I was tough but fair. And kids would tell me at the end of the year that, you know, pr prior to going into your class, you go through the motions in history class, you know, you learn the facts, you recite them, you pass the tests, and you move on. But my kids, I wanted them to learn history. This MCAS generation that I was luckily not a part of has been trained on how to pass a standardized test, how to answer multiple choice questions. But life is not multiple choice. I wanted kids to be able to understand history, not only the facts, but to then analyze them and have opinions based off of that. I wanted them to learn these things because they're the foundations of our country and they are the foundations of future self-governance and how this country will continue to operate. Um, so we have an epidemic in this country right now of not only people who can't, adults who can't write, I mean, go on Facebook or anything and read the centigraphs that come out of some of these people and just know that like most of them graduated from high school, which isn't very hard and isn't saying very much because the standards are so low. Um, we also have an epidemic in this country of a lack of civics and people not understanding how our country operates and our government operates and how we got here to this day. My goal as a teacher, a history teacher, was to try to change that. I wanted kids to understand and value the country that they lived in. And I was proud at the end of the year, whenever kids would have no idea who I voted for or what my political affiliation was, even though I'm extremely me said I was lean right. No, I'm a radical right winger anti communist. That's what I am. So I, you know, it, but I, like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Sorry. Um, I didn't want you to turn off any of No, no, like, I used to shy away from that. I used to say, well, I'm middle of the road, I'm moderate, I'm center. No, I'm not. 
And I'm proud to be a radical right-winger because our side is right, our side is better, our values are better, our ideas are better, and you should be proud to be radical. Too often in our society there's this thing, well, you should be centrist, that's how you get Charlie Baker. That's how you get mush conservatives, conservative Republicans, who get into office and then don't do anything with the power once they actually have it. I want people, I like fighters like Ron DeSantis, he's my favorite governor, uh, because Ron DeSantis, <laughs> oh, give it up for Ron. No. Yes, yes. Yeah, he does, and he, uh, unlike a lot of politicians, Republican ones, he gets there and he actually does what people want. A radical idea, like let's ban, like let's, too often conservatives see the power of the government as something that we shouldn't wield because we believe in small government. No, that is a self-defeating prophecy, a self-defeating uh, way of thinking. We need to operate like the left does. We need to look at the government as a tool to push our values because that is exactly how they use it. And, and that is what Ron DeSantis is doing in Florida. He is weaponizing the government to ban schools from teaching critical race theory, to ban schools from having gender pronoun day in, in first grade and teaching them all about that stuff that they have no reason to learn about whatsoever. That's my kind of conservative and that's the way that uh, I believe that you know, we should operate once we get power. Um, you know, any, but too often, like I said, I'm, I'm radical right wing, but my students had no idea. And I'm proud of that because my job was to teach them the facts and teach them the history and then encourage them to think critically about it and develop their own opinions about it. And that's the way that most teachers should operate. But sadly, too often we see that teachers are using their classrooms as you know, if you, if you subscribe to libs of TikTok on Twitter, you've seen that a lot of these teachers use their classrooms, uh, their second grade students as their own therapy session to get in there and talk about what themselves. They're narcissistic, self-absorbed people who just want to talk about themselves and what pronouns they are. And I believe this, I believe that. They're not there to learn about you. They're there to learn about how to read, write, you name it, the basics. But too often the, the classrooms have kind of been weaponized to train the next generation of communists to be just like them. And, you know, this rewriting of history, you know, like after the George Floyd protests in 2020, we started seeing statues of great Americans being taken down. And I mean, great Americans, people who fought and died for this country and made it what it is today. And this rewriting of history disgusts me. Uh, my favorite founding father was Thomas Jefferson. Uh, because Jefferson was the godfather of free speech. Nobody loved free speech more than Thomas Jefferson and defended it after our country got independence. His good friend John Adams became president in 1797 and he signed these horrible acts called the Alien and Sedition Acts in 1798. These acts essentially criminalized speech that was critical of the current administration. Sound familiar? We're seeing it again today, aren't we? We see it everywhere, uh, where the, the federal government is weaponizing our institutions, like the FBI and schools, against you. Because why? Because they're doing the same thing that John Adams did in 1798. They're saying the things that they're saying over there aren't just their opinions, they're dangerous. They're if we let them keep talking, we're gonna, we're gonna get hurt. Therefore, they use that as a pretext to silence our speech. I completely reject that notion 100%. There are, believe it or not, there's some people on the left 
today, they don't have any power within the left, but you still hold on to those principles because free speech is supposed to be a hallmark of the left. It's supposed to be the most basic fundamental principle of liberalism. But somewhere along the line, the left has become the censorious party. And uh, they've done it all under the pretext that every tyrannical government in the history of mankind has always done it on. The idea that we need to curtail speech because if we don't, people will get hurt. Why were Japanese Americans locked up and put into camps in World War II? Because they were considered potentially dangerous. Therefore, it's okay to violate their civil rights. And I say no more. We need to learn from history. We need to respect these people. All, we, all they were talking about Jefferson in 2020 was they had to own slaves. They didn't talk about the fact that A, he was a product of his time in the South, B, that he said that slavery was a personal abomination that he wanted to see eliminated, and C, that the United States of America could not exist if we fought that battle in 1776. We needed to temporarily reunite the colonies in order to fight the most powerful empire that has ever existed in the history of mankind, the British Empire. And we did. And they don't talk about how Thomas Jefferson and our founding fathers created a constitution that was amendable because they had great vision and they understood that even if we don't el eliminate slavery right now, we have set up a constitution that has allowed future generations to do just that, and they did. 60, 70 years later, the 13th Amendment abolished slavery outright, uh, and it could not have been done if we didn't have an a constitution that was specifically made to be amendable like that. So, um, you know, Although I love teaching history and I was passionate about it and quite frankly, not to brag, but I was kind of good at it. Like my kids learned history. They scored better than uh, other junior students and teachers who took that, their classes. And I was very proud of that. Um, my true, I left it because you know, my true calling was ultimately what I'm doing right now and that's being Turtle Boy. Uh, Chris and I had a nice conversation when we came in there and I really appreciated it, it was very nice. Uh, he said that like, you know, basically what I'm doing is nobody else is doing it. Nobody else is calling out the powerful. Nobody else is saying the things that you're not supposed to say. It's our only and, and, and for good reason. I understand a lot of people have jobs, right? A lot of people don't want to look like police officers, firefighters, teachers. They can't say these things because they're public servants. And then somebody will call and complain that you have the wrong opinions about something. And that's basically what happened to me. I started a blog in 2013 called EdenFromWorcester.com where I would just share my opinions about sports and politics and you name it. And the story started getting a lot of attention and it was almost too much attention because the things that I was saying were offensive to certain people. And instead of just not reading it, they decided to email the school and tell the principal about it. And I would get down, I would call down to the office. And one day I got suspended for five days without pay because uh, my, essentially my vision on bullying was against the school's vision. My vision on bullying is that we should not be emphasizing this victim culture where we teach kids that you are, you know, it's okay, you're a, you're, you know, you're a victim, you're being bullied. You know, they're, you know we're, we're gonna work on talking about our feelings and there's gonna be no more bullying anymore. Newsflash, bullying has existed since the beginning of mankind. It is up to us to teach our children how to handle that and how to overcome that. And how to say, you know what, my parents always taught me, well, guess what? that kid's gonna be working at Honey Farms in 15 years and you're going to college. And it was just, and it just, and I didn't care. I didn't care what these losers had to say about me when I was in third grade and neither should anyone else, but we're training kids to be victims. So 
I ended up getting suspended for that and I knew I was on thin ice. So I had, if I wanted to write a blog and share my opinions, it had to be anonymous. There's a statue in downtown Worcester of a boy, you might have seen it before, it's a little bit graphic. Uh, if you Google it, it's uh, a statue of a boy who appears to be, shall I say, sexually gratifying a turtle. Um, in fact, he's riding it, but it's just a funny looking statue. It's right behind City Hall. And it's called, it, it just, it looks so funny if you see it. We just call it the Turtle Boy statue. And I'm like, well, I'm from Worcester. I'm like, what more Worcester than the Turtle Boy statue? So I'm gonna call the blog Turtle Boy Sports. And I did. And I started writing blogs and you know, the things that I'm writing, kind of writing now, and I did it on local Worcester stories, politics, you name it. Um, I became heavily involved and I would critique. My, my, one of the biggest blogs I ever published was about the school bus incident in which this rabid band of ratchet parents tried to, uh, the, the bus driver wouldn't let, had to let the kindergartners off first or something like that and they weren't having it and so they raided the, the bus Blair Witch style and it got crazy and I'm just like, whoa. This is insane. And so I wrote a blog calling out each and every parent that was there, you know, saying, blaming the bus driver. And people liked it. They appreciated it because they're like, yes, you are saying things that we're thinking. This behavior that we're seeing, this is unacceptable. We're glad that somebody is calling this out. And so the blog, it wasn't even political. It was just common sense. And so the blog began to grow and grow and grow. And eventually I got what's called docs. Somebody figured out who I was and they put my uh, information out there. It was after a weekend trip to Buffalo. We went there to watch the Patriots whoop the bills like we used to, not those days are over, but uh, <laughs> unfortunately, you know, we used to go there. Us old folks remember that we used to go there and routinely just beat the snot out of Buffalo. It was a tradition like none other. And I went up there and I videotaped their fans yelling at me, Bill's Mafia, they're very loud and, uh, you know, they, they have no political correctness there. And they called me some choice words and I did a blog about it and I shared some videos. Next thing you know, it went viral in Buffalo. Everyone there wanted to know who I was. One guy figured out who I was. He wrote a blog outing me and then he accused me of some other crazy things at the game that were just completely untrue. He wasn't even at the game. Long story short, it went viral. His blog about me went viral and the school started getting inundated with uh, threats saying, you know, and I was CC'd on all these emails saying, this teacher you're employing a sexual predator and he's racist and he's homophobic and this and that and blah, 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 blah. It was crazy. And so finally, like my gutless administrators, instead of, you know, telling these people to buzz off, they wanted the problem to go away. And so they said, we can't fire you because you haven't done anything, but this is a huge problem. Can we, let's make a deal. And so they offered me a full year salary letters of recommendation uh, in order to walk away and promise not to sue them. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna do this. I used it as a nest egg and I essentially started what I'm doing now and I turned Turtle Boy into a business. And I thought I was home free. I thought, you know what? I'm completely independent now. I'm living the American dream because I don't even have a boss. I can say and do whatever I want. It's awesome. I get to make my own schedule. Oh, it's so cool. Well, I quickly found out I had, you know, a bunch of local advertisers that they would get harassed too. And that the communists would never stop doing what they did until I was completely silenced. They want all of us silenced. They, don't, they know they can't physically stop us from talking, but if they can make it so expensive for you that you can't afford, that you'll lose your job if you say the wrong things, then they'll go that route. They know what they're doing. They're very good at it. And so, you know, they, they, they know that the most effective way to, to kill you, to cancel you, is to brand you as a racist. Of course, none of it's true. And you know, I used to get upset about that. I'm not a racist, what are you talking about? And I just realized I was playing into their hands. 
Then you just call them back. You're just like, well, you're a communist. Nobody cares what you think. It doesn't really matter. Your opinions of me are in bad faith. They're not real. You have nothing to argue. And you're just using the pretext of racism because racism has historically caused so many incidents of violence. You're using that as a pretext to silence me. I know your game, communist, and I'm not going to play along with it. I'm not a racist. You're a racist. Now you defend yourself because I'm sick of defending myself. Um, but, you know, they, they did eventually get all of my advertisers to leave me because they didn't want to, um, you know, keep getting phone calls and harassed and blah, blah, blah. I've been banned permanently for life by PayPal and Venmo whenever there's like a group thing and we need to all chip in money. I'm the guy that has to go, anyone got cash app? Because I'm banned for life, so I can't even use that. I've been banned. My website, TurtleBoySports.com, was completely blacklisted by Google AdSense, and they have a monopoly on digital advertising. So that site became essentially worthless. So I had to start another site from scratch called TBDailyNews.com, and it got that monetized. And then I started a, a thing called Turtle Club, where people pay you know, $15 a month. They get extra things that nobody else gets, ad-free on the website, no pop-ups about you know, hot Asian women in your town that want to meet you or anything like that. Those are all gone if you get Turtle Club. <laughs> Uh, and, so, and, and so I realized, like, this is the way to beat them and to beat this campaign of censorship and the stopping of our ideas. And think about why they want to stop your ideas. They want to stop your ideas because their ideas suck and your ideas are popular. That's basically the gist of it all. They know that the things we're talking about, respect, you know, funding, having police, having police is a popular opinion that they reject. And they know that. And so they're essentially, they want to silence you because they know that if you keep talking and people are going to like what you're saying and then they're going to lose the only thing that matters to them, power. These people, I call them communists and a lot of people, my mother always tells me, why do you use that word? Why do you call them communists? People are going to take it seriously. You sound like Joseph McCarthy. Well, Joseph McCarthy wasn't completely wrong. I mean, you're going after Hollywood and you're seeing that, like, the, what, the kind of movies today that Hollywood is throwing out there and they're using it to propagandize our children. Um, and what do communists do when they come to power, right? The first thing they do is, is try to censor you and, and decide what is dangerous to say and what's not dangerous to say. And what did the Biden administration do a few months ago? Literally created something called, and I shit you not, like the Ministry of Disinformation. <laughs> <sighs> they did that and they thought it was a good idea. They did, and then luckily, common sense somehow prevailed. They're like, oh wait, this is even too radical for us. We shouldn't do this. This is actually incredibly unpopular. Let's cancel that one and pretend that never happened, hopefully. And then we'll call them a racist and we'll move on with our lives. And so, you know, uh, for the first time, I really felt, and, and more than anything, the communist thing, uh, we saw it there in COVID. And like Chris said, it's like, I take that, I was passionate about the whole COVID thing because I have two children. My daughter was starting kindergarten at the time that this all broke out. Her, she spent her first six months of her educational career sitting in a room crying, doing gym class by jumping, doing jumping jacks over a piece of paper in a room. It disgusted me to my core. I ran for school committee. Um, I, I'm like, I've never, I never thought I'd run for officer or anything before. I ran for school committee based on that. Um, and I saw that the, uh, nobody ever votes in these local town elections which is a shame because you know, local control and local politics affects you much more than national politics ever will. Um, but Democrats control all of our institutions, including even in conservative cities and conservative areas. Why? Because they understand that local control is important and they are going to try to get every position. School committees in conservative districts, in places like Dighton-Rehoboth, those are conservative towns. 
and they have these communists that are sitting on elected bodies and they shouldn't because their ideas are not popular in those towns, but they know how to mobilize the vote. And that's exactly what they did against me. I've actually got more votes than any other sitting school committee member. It just so happens the other people got more than me because they were just starting ringing the bell. Turtle boy's coming. We got to get out the vote. Trump is coming next. Now he's a Trojan horse for Trump and we got to get him out of here. And I realized I'm like, okay, so we need, and that kind of taught me a lesson. And I think that's what all of you here should, should realize too, is like you live, the city of Taunton is, um, it's actually the biggest city in Massachusetts with a Republican mayor. And that's very rare. You, you don't have a lot of municipal areas with Republicans um, or any sort of you know, growth. Like if you live in, I always tell people that live in conservatives who live in places like Boston and Cambridge and Worcester, I'm like, you just gotta move. I'm like, you can't, I mean, you're, you're outnumbered, like a million to one. Nothing you say will ever matter. No one you want to get elected ever will. So just move to a purple or a red area, make it redder, and then run for everything. School, and I mean everything. I mean, who, did you know who was on the board of health in your city before COVID? No, but all of a sudden they have this control over your life that you didn't even realize. Run for everything, selectmen, city councilor, school committee, dog catcher, I don't, I don't care, you name it. You should want to control everything because that is exactly what they do. And like I said, Taunton, um, I, I do a lot of blogs about what we call ratchets, people who kind of behave poorly. And uh, we d I did this blog about the biggest dumps in Massachusetts not too long ago. And I, I would go to each place and take pictures of the, you know, I'd always ask, hey, where can I buy drugs? Because that's where I want to take pictures at in your town. And I want to get, you know, put it on the blog and say, this is like the big, you know, it's a joke. Um, I don't really, I wasn't really buying drugs. Um, so, you know, you go down there and be like, oh, this is what Trump would call a shithole and, um, and, and share pictures of it. And I'm like, well, I've written about Taunton many times, ratchets from Taunton. And then I'm like, okay, so I come to Taunton and I started driving around and I'm like, where's the bad part of town? I'm like, this is nice for a city. It's like nice. You guys have a nice city and you should keep it that way. If Democrats gain too much power, it will turn into Brockton. Like you don't want it. You should want to preserve your city. And uh, so it's nice to see a big, you know, a, a Republican town committee like this that is politically active. And, you know, you should vote for everything because they are and they don't give up seats. They don't care what the town is. They are mobilized. They are organized. And we need to, to be the same, you know, or else we're going to lose everything. And I had no idea who, and this, quite frankly, this town deserves much better representation in Boston than Carol Dory. I'd never heard of this woman before. Um, until yeah, I did in 2020. I, until 2020, I'd never heard of this woman before because first time I ever heard about her, she was voting against or in favor of the quote unquote police reform bill. Disgusting. We don't, we, laws are supposed to be passed in this country to fix problems. Massachusetts doesn't have a problem because a rogue police officer in Minnesota did something evil. All right, we shouldn't pass laws based on that. Do we pass a, did I miss the teacher reform bill because some teacher in Idaho slept with a student? No, because that's ridiculous. And this should be the same way. And so the fact that Carol Doherty, like uh, somebody like her who represents a district that quite frankly is a, is a purple district, she should be more moderate. She should be reaching across the aisle and trying to get left, left, you know, unite left. No, she's just another radical, just another radical on in Boston and this city deserves better representation there. And that is what Chris would bring. What I like about Chris too, is that, you know, he invited me here. He's not afraid to be associated with me. A lot of pe people on the right actually, believe it or not, 
or, or don't want to be associated with me because I say radical things and then they might get a phone call and say, why, why are you associating with this? Even my own state representative is a Republican. She kind of wants nothing to do with me because I've said controversial things before and they don't want to be tied to it. So we need people who are, the left never denounces their own. They never say, well, we can't be associated with this. AOC said something crazy or Ilan Omar said something crazy and we just have to disassociate with them. No, they embrace them. And that's the way, and that's why I like politicians like Chris who aren't just afraid to say, you know what? I embrace this person. I might not agree with everything he has to say, but I appreciate what he does and I appreciate his values. And, um, and so uh, it starts locally and it starts by electing people like Chris. I, see, I saw the signs everywhere coming in. It looks like we have quite a political race here. I saw lots of Doherty signs too. So it's just about mobilizing. It's about content, getting lists of previous elections. You know, um, uh, unfortunately, Kelly uh, had the misfortune in 2020 of running during a presidential election year. And I think that hurt her. And I think that, you know, the whole blue wave thing happened. It's going to be a red wave this time. So this is Chris's advantage now. It's time to take back this seat. Uh, they have two, it, Republicans will never have a complete majority in the House, but every seat matters. On, especially on votes like the police reform bill, which is why we need people with common sense like Chris elected there. So get out, get, get voter lists, find out who voted in last elections and who didn't vote, and then call these people, robocall them, do whatever it takes, send flat, go knock on the doors, get them out, get a plan. The Democrats won in 2020 because they mobilized the vote. They got 81, 81 million people to come out <laughs> and vote, yeah for Joe Biden, but you know, might not have been anyone, but it was a big number. And I, I do believe it was a big number just because everywhere you, you sweat in 2020 was vote. NBA players just wearing vote on the shirt. It's implied who you're supposed to vote for, but they got you to vote. Did you vote today? Do you need a ride to the polls? Oh, did you get your ballot in? That's how they win elections. And Republicans need to play by, these, uh, by the same rules or else we are doomed to always be unrepresented uh, in, in our local government. So thank you for having me, and uh, thank you for letting me speak here. And if you guys have any questions or anything, I'd be happy to. Yeah, how, how can we help you? Because I, I, I want to say again, what he's doing is the most important thing in the state. I truly believe that. That's why I invited him here. And like he said, he's got uh, a, a large uh, hate, hate group. That, that oh, yeah, for sure. Very large, huge umbrella. But his message is so important. So I know I subscribe monthly. To, to Turtle Boy, uh, and I also, whenever you, you might want to talk about um, the struggles you've had in the courtroom with everybody suing you. Oh yes, you have to raise money because he can't use Venmo. He can't use. Yep. You can't fundraise, right? Um, yeah. So I'm constantly. Well, what's the fundraising thing you got banned on? So I constantly. GoFundMe. You can't. Use yeah, that. I started a GoFundMe last year. This. Raised like a hundred grand, right? Yeah, it was it was, it was a transgender guy uh, in in Rhode Island actually who. Uh, he abused two of his kids and they ran away from home and I had his two daughters on my show and I interviewed them and this guy went down to local courthouse got a liberal judge in Rhode Island and said this guy's threatening me and making me you know being transphobic and I was nothing of the sort like that and essentially they got an order placed on me and I realized I'm like and that when I went down to Providence to fight it the judge basically told me that we're gonna drag this out unless you take down the blogs about him and we're gonna make you pay and it's gonna be expensive and blah, blah, blah. So I got an attorney by the name of Mark Randazzo who does a lot of free speech stuff. And Mark's just like, whatever you can raise, let's do it. Write a blog about this and whatever you can raise, I'll do it. And so I did it within one night, we raised 15 grand just overnight on GoFundMe. The next day, all gone because I'm banned from GoFundMe. 
because I am, you know, I have the, I'm dangerous, I'm dangerous. And that's ultimately what they do. And so we, you know, we ended up raising like 11 grand, which is obviously not as much as we wanted. Um, but it, and so that's what you have to do essentially if, for any conservative speaker out there is they're trying to silence you. Subscribe to conservative media, you know, pay the $10 a month to be for their extra services because free speech isn't free. You know, they want to silence us and they're going to take away if, 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 if conservatives fund the uh, media outlets themselves, then they don't have to worry about advertisers. And that's the way I want to be. I don't want any advertisers. I don't want to be beholden to anyone. I don't want to have any company call me up and say, hey, can you tone it down a little bit? I got a phone call today that you're a racist. Can you, can you maybe take it easy on the Black Lives Matter stuff? No, I don't want to. I want to say whatever I want to say. I want to say the truth. And I'm not going to be censored like that. And so that's what I would recommend just in general, your favorite websites, the Daily Wire, Turnboy, whatever it is, subscribe, pay the 10 or $15 a month extra. I mean, you, you hardly notice it anyway. And it makes sure that the message keeps getting told. Yeah. You know, you, you spoke about what the left businesses are doing. There's a blatant, a great opportunity for the GOP businesses come and support the GOP. Totally. And to support the candidates and to support people like yourself. And say, look, we at our own GoFundMe page. We will support these people because they are speaking for all Americans, not just the left. Yeah, and, and, and you're absolutely right about that. It's truth to power, as the left would call it, right? You know, speaking my truth. Um, and and, and that is basically uh, what kind of like places like the Daily Wire have done is they've literally created like a conservative ecosystem in which they are not dependent on anybody. And they like the Daily Wire makes their own movies now. Like a lot of you have probably seen the What is a Woman documentary with Matt Walsh. It's like that is funded by Daily Wire subscribers because that, that I mean, it's a brilliant documentary, too. And it needs and it's so great that it's out there. Um, but it couldn't exist if, if people didn't pay for subscriptions to that, you know, news service. And so that's what we ultimately have to do as conservatives is just create our own ecosystem, support our own businesses. Op think how a leftist does and think what they would do and do the same because our principles are better. Another thing I'd like to do just to keep giving some background. At one time you had 100,000 Facebook followers, right? Oh, yeah, 112. Not that I'm counting, but yeah, I did. Never getting that back. Yeah. built it back up to over thirty thousand. Yes, oh, I've, so I've had in in 2017, like I said, we had 112,000 Facebook followers, and I had a lot of people on Twitter as well, and then boom, shut down. I'm like, what? Violating our guidelines. Yeah, they don't. They don't even tell you. It's like you, you offended somebody, and so you know you can't call up 1-800 Facebook and and get the problem fixed. You're just done. It's just like, well, I guess I just lost my access to all of my followers. Well, that sucks. And so I keep building pages up. I've had over 50 Facebook pages taken down, some of them with over 20,000 people. Uh, my current one has 35,000 followers. It'll probably get taken out eventually sometime it soon. Seems like right now, though, that don't jinx it. That yeah, don't jinx it. Um, <laughs> don't like <laughs> don't, yeah, <laughs> don't, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> Turtle Boy, uh, what's the name of the page right now? Um, the uh, the Facebook page is called Turtle Boy Daily News. So Turtle if you have Boy Daily News on Facebook, Clarence, uh, yeah, that's my personal account. I'm on Twitter at um, Doctor Turtle Boy because if Jill Biden is a doctor, then so am I. Um, that's what I'm gonna say, you know. But uh, so you can follow me on that. I, I just ran out of handles because I've been banned from Twitter so many times that I like I had Turtle Boy Sports, I had Turtle Boy Daily News. Those what I was talking yeah. about other ways, you know, he, he, you know, I follow this blog daily. He gets sued a lot. 
and has to fundraise. So he does. There is an app that you can donate to your legal club. Oh yeah. So it, I mean, it's it's linked right on the website. Or you know, if you donate in general, it's all going to the same okay. pile of pot. You know, pile of money and and it's dispersed. It's just an operating expense paying so for legal fees. Like the Turtle Boy page today and share share when when you yeah. Yeah, feel free to subscribe. We have an email subscriber list you can get up there. If you're not on social media, you get notified every time we publish a blog. Um, we're developing an app that's supposed to be coming out soon. Um, we'll probably get kicked off of the Apple Store eventually for that, but um, while it lasts, try to download it and use it. Um, and so, um, I see a lot of, yeah, like a lot of people have told me Telegram, Gab, and, and stuff like that. And True Social, but you know what? I kind of reject that, no offense, because I don't want to be isolated to the, I call those the ghetto. I'm not living in the conservative ghetto. That's what they want you to do. It's just like, well, it's, you know, go here and hang out with a bunch of conservatives and it'll be a gigantic echo chamber. No, I want to go to the public square. The public square is Facebook and Twitter. That's where everyone's at. I want to be on there. I, and not only do I want to be on there, I have a civil right to be on there. And I'm not going to just voluntarily give it up to go to your conservative ghetto where nobody is you know, not nobody, but a small fraction of the audience that these places have. I want to be where the people are at. And so, because um, I have done a lot of the conservatives, I've done Gab, you know, I'm talking to myself on there. Like I have a fraction of the following because nobody's on those websites. And because as much as people want to admit, it's like Twitter and Facebook do matter and you have to fight to stay on there. But no, I, I don't currently have Telegram to answer your question. Any more questions? Okay. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, I can talk all day about the blog. Yeah. I absolutely can. Uh, tell us about what's going on in Easton, where, where I'm running. It's Taunton Easton on the school community. Oh, yeah. So um, you, you might have seen this, though. So uh, the Southeastern Regional School Committee, the, the school itself is in Easton. It's got nine towns. I don't think Taunton is one of them. It is not. No. It's not. Okay. Um, and so there was a gentleman on there by the name of Tony Branch. He's a left wing BLM activist. He sued me uh, for a blog that was published in 2016 that called him a, a fake bishop because he was like leading some sort of like Brockton High School is racist thing or whatever. And you know, he just seemed like a chiseler. And so about three years later, uh, I got sued on the, the last day he could possibly sue me. And I'm like, I don't even know who this guy is. And so I start looking into him more and I'm like, oh crap, I found out that he happened. I got his divorce documents because this is what I'm really good at is digging up your past and finding all your court history. And I got his divorce documents and it turns out he had sex with a 15 year old who ended up being his wife. And yeah. And so I spoke with the wife too, the ex-wife. Uh, and she gave, she spilled all the tea with me and she told me everything. And so I published it all out there. And next thing you know, we got people showing up to school committee meetings. I went to school committee meetings in Easton like five weeks in a row. I know, I, I know this exit, 123, except I go that way, you know? <laughs> it's like, oh, I've been on this road before. And then I would go down there and I hold my Tony Branch resign sign. Um, and eventually, uh, he's too prideful to resign and he's an elected official, but we did get somebody to run against him in November. Hopefully they win, quite frankly, I don't care who it is, anybody but him. Uh, and more, most importantly, the school, we got the school committee to turn against him, he's the chairman. And because he's the first you know, black chairman of the school committee, it's like people are very cautious with that. They don't want to be called racist for doing it. It's like, no, you're not racist. You just don't want pedophiles on the school committee. That's all. Doesn't seem like a big wish. Don't care what color you are. Just don't want pedophiles on the school committee. I don't think that, I think that's kind of a common sense issue. And so eventually, yeah, Tony, um, 
He's not resigned, but uh, hopefully he loses in November. And he was actually banned from his own graduation. So we got that victory. So, um, that, yeah, so that's uh, kind of a political, that's an example of, of one of the many types of political mo mobilization that we've done on a local level and the kind of stories that we're writing because nobody would write that story. The Brockton Enterprise up until that point had published nothing but good things about this guy because he's a historic first. He's, you know, the first black school committee chairman of this regional school committee. This is a great thing. Why? Because he did something? No, because he's black. That's all that matters. And, I'm, uh, and I say, that's, why, why are we so, that's so racist in and of itself. Why are we doing this? We should be focusing on someone's content and their character. And quite frankly, this guy's character is horrible. He sucks with 15 year old girls, for crying out loud. And uh, yeah, so eventually we, um, you know, I'm, he might still be on the school committee, but his reputation is, Forever tarnished, Talk and I'm very the proud. Talk about the victory you just had in uh, was it Braintree or with the uh, teacher who, who won the uh, oh the seditionist or they call them the uh, insurrectionist. They, yeah, um, so there's a, a, a former Braintree um, middle school. I don't know if he's middle school or high school teacher. Um, his name is Matt, and he was uh, he, he had gone to the protest on January 6th. And he didn't go in the Capitol or anything like that, but he was just down there. And like, if you were down there, you automatically got, you know, go. a lot of people just went down there to watch it. Like, just to like, what's going on there? Like, just interest. I mean, notice that none of the reporters who filmed things inside the Capitol are considered insurrectionists, but people that observed it, you know, uh, like, like this teacher were still labeled as radical right-wingers, hate democracy, blah, 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 blah. And he just embraced it. He's just like, I don't care what you think. Yeah, I was there that day. I think Joe Biden's horrible. I think he sucked. I think that all of the things you're saying are done. And guess what? He won. Braintree is probably a 60-40 town, you know, for as far as liberals are concerned. Those are the kind of towns that you can win. Like, you can win anything that's where you have more, at least 40% of the population. Because all you need is to convince 10% that your side is better. And it's really not that hard of a sell because our ideas are better. Well, didn't you have another one where um, the, the parent um, just recently won in court related to the teachings of his child? Oh, you're thinking of Dedham. So, Dad, Dad, so uh, Coach Flynn. Um, yeah. In, in, in at that of my school, and I broke this story, and it became kind of national so, news. So, Turnaway breaks most of these stories. Yep. Most of them. Yep. So, another piece to talk about is how people can send you stuff confidentially, and they don't have to worry about. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. Is that, you know, I say the things that you're. I get messages from CEOs, like corrections officers have been up my butt for the last two weeks because of this poor corrections officer that got the snot kicked out of him by a felon who shouldn't have had gym access at all, but did because of liberal soft on crime policies. He, he told everyone he was going to do it. Correct. I got, and they trust me with it. CEOs, police, they trust me. They send me story ideas that they want out there that nobody else is telling. Probably the biggest story I ever did was in 2017. I got contacted by a couple state troopers. They said, there's a, a daughter of a, of a judge who was uh, arrested for driving under the influence of heroin and District Attorney Joe Early of Worcester County called up the state troopers and said, you need to erase this part of the arrest report where she offered the trooper a blowjob in exchange to have the charges dropped. And the troopers refused. And they got suspended for that. They got in trouble. This made troopers piss. But what are they going to do? They can't criticize their boss. They're getting trouble too. And so they're like, you know what? We're gonna send this to Turtle Boy because no one else is gonna listen to us. And they sent it to me and I got the original arrest report and then I got the one afterwards, the cleaned up one. And I published them both and I said, this was per orders of Colonel Richard McCune who was ordered 
by District Attorney Joe Early, who is good friends with Judge Tim Bebo, and these are the most powerful people in our county doing this. Covering this, no one, no one else would have had this type of um, uh, salacious material eliminated from their arrest report. Only the powerful, and that is what I, you know, that's kind of what Turtle Boy is all about: is striking back against those who control us and, and who have been getting away with this so, for so long. So again, feel free, if you ever have a, a story that you want out there or the whistle blown on something, I'm that guy, I'm, I'm the muckraker. I'm, you know, I'm your new up in Sinclair. Uh, you can message me, turtleboysports at gmail.com, or you can just uh, you know, message me on Facebook or Twitter or any of the other avenues. There's several ways we are, on Instagram, you name it, you can reach us in a bunch of different ways and uh, get your stories told. I used to. I, I do. I do have some people. Like, it used to be an anonymous blog where you had several people. Right? Yeah, so I used to have a bunch of bloggers, um, but that got complicated. Um, it's a long story. Yeah, a couple yeah, a couple ratchet bloggers, a couple people that I brought in that uh, ended up screwing me over. So I have trust issues. And so right now, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm the only one that I, you know, because it's when it's your business and, and it's your thing on the lines, like you can really only trust yourself sometimes. But I do have other people that help me. There's, there's a couple uh, uh, people that kind of run my YouTube and help out with the social media and stuff like that. So I couldn't, certainly couldn't do this all alone uh, and help me with my show. I have a producer that, you know, kind of puts it on. So, um, but as far as like, I mean, I'm the head honcho. I, nothing gets done without my say-so, you know, from this point forward. You got anything real good coming up? Oh, there's always something. Uh, uh, nothing uh, that I can think of right off the top of the, uh, okay. but you never know, to, every day when I wake up, I check my inbox and I never know what's gonna be in there. It's like, is there gonna be another, yeah, you, a good, uh, you know, good good and this yeah, Providence, Providence, yeah, Providence, there's, yeah. yeah Providence. And, but you know, like, so I did a blog this morning about this huge brawl at this bar in Providence. And, you know, I, I like to use humor and, you know, I give people names, like, uh, you know, uh, I forget what I called them. Banana Pony. Banana Pony, and games like that. Side Boob Sanchez, I think I called the one today. Um, and, and, and so it's, it's, it's humorous and it's a little edgy and a lot of people be like, you know, sometimes my mom is like, can you tone it down? She you know. She does, um, and, but she's, always, she's usually the first one to message me when she's like, why'd you have to say that word? You could have, you could have communicated it this way. Okay, sorry, mom, she keeps me honest. Um, but yeah, um, I forget. Oh, so basically, you know, I, I did the story of the fight and it's funny, you know, it's funny to talk and mock this because it's deplorable behavior, but I also always throw in there the bigger picture. And that's that, you know, Providence got this way because of liberal politicians. That's the real, re that's the bigger problem here, is that the city courts this type of behavior under the Trojan horse of equity. And, and, and the next thing you know, we have a brawl and people getting hit in chairs and blah, blah, blah. And there should be no tolerance for this type you of behavior in your city. No, oh, of course they will, because it's Rhode Island. It's exactly what they can, mm -hmm. Massachusetts Junior. So yeah, um, and, and so that's the kind of stories that I like to write about. Any more Alright, well, thank you for coming. We'll take like a five-minute break. Thank you for having me.